Good morning. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. When I first arrived in Belize, and I spent my very first day in our first mission objective in the, in the village of St. Bite, I could tell right away, as soon as I hopped off the back of the truck that I was hitching a ride on and started walking up and down the streets of St. Bite, I knew that I had my work cut out for me. If you can imagine a place with the most societal ills, the most challenges, St. Bite would share pretty much all of those. It is a place arguably full of darkness and pain and suffering. This became apparent right away. Look up one street and you could see children running around underclothed and underfed. Walk down another street and you hear stories of so-and-so getting into a fight with so-and-so and you hear about all the broken families and the violence and the people who are suffering through all kinds of bad health, through suffering through uh, all kinds of diseases. You hear about a hopelessness that comes from knowing that you don't have access to quality health care. Whenever a problem comes up, the, near, the closest health care you can find, which isn't good quality at all, is a, an hour's drive away and how in the world are you going to afford to get there? You hear about corrupt local governments and corrupt national governments that are making life difficult for them. You hear about the, the, the struggles of, of the young men and women who are trying to provide for their families, but they simply can't because there are no jobs. And what few jobs there might be available, nobody's hiring out to people like you. It's a tough place. And the seriousness of the situation became all the more apparent to me when I started to hear the gospel messages that these people have been receiving. One of the gospel messages that they receive from people, traveling missionaries coming in who are, who are standing there for one day or maybe they'll be around for a week or a month, but then they're gone again. And they came, and lots of times they would preach messages of... You see this horrible situation that you're in right now? Boy, you know why that is? It's because God's mad at you. You are not living the kind of life that God wants you to live. But you know what? Yeah, God will, God will maybe forgive you. You know, earlier pastor was talking about uh, qualifications to, to forgiveness. This is all over the place in Belize. Yeah, maybe God will forgive you, sure, but you need to get your act together first. Maybe God will start making your life a little bit easier and, and give you a good life and he'll love you and he'll show his care and concern for you if you just clean up your act. You need to stop doing this, stop doing that, and maybe uh, do some good works here on the side and then, maybe then, get your nose clean and things will start getting better. The gospel of our Lord? No. Or the other gospel, gospel message that you might hear in a village like St. Bite is, you know what? We all claim that we're Christian, and we'll, we proclaim the name of Christ, but really, God is not the one in control. If you are experiencing problems, if you're experiencing struggles in your life, this uh, unemployment, or maybe your house burned down, or you lost your, lost your spouse, you know, if you're experiencing troubles, it's not because God is upset with you, it's because the spirits of your dead ancestors are upset with you. 
They're the ones that you need to get on the right track with. And so if you want your life to start getting better, you've got to make them happy. You might need to go enlist the help of, uh, of the local priestess and, and uh, sacrifice a pig to appease the wrath of, our, of your dead ancestors, whoever it is that is upset with you right now. Or you might have to do a special dance or drum a special drum, and then, then things will get better. The gospel of our Lord? No. So I knew as a missionary in Belize that I had something special to give them. I had something that they needed to hear, the good news of Jesus Christ. That became apparent very, very quickly. But I had another problem, you see. My problem was this. Who, in their right mind, from a place like St. Bite, is ever going to listen to a guy like me? Think about it. I am nothing like these people. I come from a very, very different background, a very, very different culture. I don't look like any of them in the slightest. I've never walked in their shoes. I haven't suffered a lot of the same sufferings that they have suffered. I don't know what it's like. I come in here looking like a tourist, to be honest, and they see me. And what reason do they have to stop and listen to what I have to say? Who in their right mind from a place like St. Bite Belize is going to listen to a guy like me? I'll tell you who. Somebody like Miss Wren. And some of you have already been briefly introduced to her in her Bible study from earlier on, so you saw a picture of her. Let me tell you a little bit about Miss Wren. She's a really neat lady and someone who is special and near and dear to me. Miss Wren is perhaps unique in this village because... She is as determined as you can possibly be growing up in a place like this, full of poverty, full of corruption, crime, and, 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 and difficulties. She, she is ambitious. She has two adult daughters and one young son living with her that she is supposed to care, uh, provide for. She has no boyfriend. She has no significant other. She has no husband to help out. It's just her. It all lands squarely on her shoulders. And she got out there, and she worked as hard as she possibly could in a local kitchen as a cook to make just a few dollars, just enough to barely survive, just enough to keep herself alive and her kids alive. And she wasn't able to provide much. Miss Wren lived not in the center of the village, but way off kind of out in the outskirts. She lived out in the cemetery. Way back out, kind of unseen, unheard, unknown about, she lived out in the cemetery among all the tombstones with all kinds of vines creeping up and crawling all over the place hiding existence back there. But she was okay with that. She got out, she went into the center of town, worked her job, and, and she was going to provide for her family. Well, then something life-changing happened about a year ago. Miss Wren went to a doctor who told her that she's got a problem with her leg. Due to complications from the diabetes that she barely knew that she had or didn't really know anything about, due to the complications from her diabetes, the only way that she was going to live and survive this injury that was forming on her leg is if she had it amputated. So overnight, she went from being able to get out and provide for her family, provide for herself, to not being able to work in one leg short.
Now imagine how difficult of a life, of a future, she had before her. She had somebody take her out back to her home and stick her inside. But from there, she was stuck. You see, out by the cemetery, there's flooding all over the place during half of the year. When the rains come down, it's flat back there and, and, the, and, and the floodwaters rise. And so all the houses are sitting up on nine-foot stilts. She was placed into her home up on nine-foot stilts with one leg and nothing else. So there she sat, month after month after month, like a prisoner in her own home, no indoor bathroom, no way to get in and out. She sat and existed. Imagine how devastating something like that must have been for someone like her. How humiliating, how much of a challenge. But then, one day, completely randomly, she got a knock at the door. Miss Wynn uh, made her way over, or one of her kids made her way over to, uh, over to the door, opened it up, and on the other side was a group of people, all wearing the same color t-shirt that said, live generously on it. <laughs> like, who are you? Hi. We're a group of Christians from the United States, a group of Lutherans. We're here just to get to know you and to see if there's anything we can do to help. Now imagine how skeptical Miss Wren must have been at first. Wait a second. Who are you? <laughs> Why are you here? Because this isn't normal. What's going on? I mean, obviously, you see how I live. You, you, see, you see my life. Obviously, I don't have anything to give in, in return for whatever you plan on doing for me. You, I've got no connection to you. We're not family. We're not friends. What are you doing here? Only imagine how many red flags went up in her mind or how skeptical she must have been. But for someone who didn't have a whole lot of hope, she gave it a shot. She welcomed them into her home. She talked with them. She got to know them. And at some point, that group left. But then another group came, all wearing the same brightly colored t-shirts as lived generously on it. Hi, we're a group of Lutherans from the United States. About a month later, we don't need anything from you. We'd just like to get in and get to know you a little bit better. We heard that there's another group down who came not too long ago, and we just wanted to uh, continue that relationship. Okay, come on in. They got to know her a little bit better. And then they started showing her works of love and mercy. They gave her a wheelchair. Another group came. They built a wheelchair ramp onto her home. Another group came. And they got rid of the bucket that she was using for a restroom. And they built an entire extension onto her home and gave her the nicest indoor bathroom and shower in the entire village of St. Bite. Out there in the cemetery amidst all the creepies and crawlies. Another group came and got her a leg. Got her walking on her feet again. And in every single case, they never asked anything of her. They never asked for money. They never asked for anything in return. All they asked was for a relationship. For an opportunity to show the love of Jesus to her. That's where I come in. The Belize Mission Society knew that there was a pastor 
me at the time, working in the village of St. Bite and going around and meeting people. But they figured, you know, Pastor Meissner probably never even heard about or knows about Miss Wren. She lives way back there. She's been trapped in her home for a long time. Let's go find him. Let's make an introduction. So they did. They brought me to her home one day. And, you know, I'll tell you, from the moment I walked into her front door, and I had never received this kind of reception from anybody else before. From the moment I walked into her front door, because she could see that the exact same love is beating in, in my heart that was beating in the hearts of all those Lutherans who had come and shown her love in the past. Because she could see that and because she knew of my connection there, she welcomed me into her home with open arms and she wanted to learn more about Jesus. This is how it's supposed to work. So week after week, Every single week, I would go into her home, and I would sit down with her, and I would get the, the distinct honor and privilege of pouring through the scriptures with her, and I would get to tell her the good news of Jesus that she so desperately wanted to hear. Because Miss Wren was starting to ask the very important question that we hear about in one of Paul's letters. What is the reason for the hope that all of these mission teams have been showing to me? What is the reason for this hope that they have? They see hope in my situation, my poor, miserable little situation. They see hope there. What is the reason for that? How? Why? I got to tell her. I said, Miss Wren, you know what? even though it doesn't seem like it makes a whole lot of sense for all of these, all of these people to come and show you this love, to, to spare no small expense of their own, to fly all the way to Belize, not to go on a vacation, but to come and, and, and visit a village like St. Bite and to, and to go into a home like yours, to spare no small expense, to buy plane tickets and come here and do that, to go to someone who has no relationship with you, has no family or friend connection to you. You know what, Miss Wren, these people doing these things, that's not the first time that these things have been done. That comes from somewhere. There is a man from a town called Nazareth 2,000 years ago who did the exact same thing. There was a man who spared no small expense of his own to go to a strange place and to spend time with not just his kin, but to go to the lowly, to go to the suffering, to go to the poor, to go to the disenfranchised, the underheard, the unknown about, and to show them love, expecting nothing in return. Let me tell you about this man named Jesus. He is, he is unlike ev anybody else that you have seen before, except what you're starting to see, this little glimmer that you're seeing in these mission teams that have come before. Let me tell you about him. Let me tell you about this kingdom that he brings, where he goes and he seeks out the lowliest and darkest of places, and where he goes and he seeks out the deepest and darkest places of people's soul and speaks light into it, who forgives expecting nothing in return, with the authority of God himself, pronounces your sins absolutely, completely forgiven. He goes and he seeks out the suffering, those who are sick and those who are lame, those who are mute, and he gives them healing. He casts out demons, and he does all of this with the power of God because what happened when he came 2,000 years ago? The tongues 
of the mute were loosened. The lame got up and walked again. People walked away. The worst of sinners walked away absolutely and completely forgiven. And the demons went scurrying out of people screaming because something new was happening 2,000 years ago, something big and something powerful. And it is all coming through this one man, Jesus Christ. But you know what, Miss Wren? It didn't stop with Jesus. He had disciples. He had followers who carried on the exact same work. He called and he gathered these friends of his into himself and like one body, like one mechanism went out and for weeks after weeks, year after year, decade after century, for 2,000 years, he's been bringing this new light into the world that so desperately needs it, this new healing, this new message for 2,000 years and doing it in the exact same way through his arms and his hands and his feet and his mouth through all of his disciples who have come down through the ages, and he's still doing it today for people just like you, Miss Wren. That's what we're here for. That's what we're all about. And she loved it. After meeting with her every week for about a year, Miss Wren looked at me and said, Pastor Duane, all this stuff that you're teaching me, that's what I believe. And this past January, I had the distinct honor and privilege of confirming Miss Wren as the very first native Belizean Lutheran in the country. I wouldn't have had it any other way. I'm glad that Miss Wren is the one getting that spot in the history books of that church. It's a beautiful thing. To see the love of God in Jesus, passed down through the ages to a woman just like Miss Wren. It's a beautiful thing. She knows the love of her God in Jesus. That's because it was a love that was shown to her not only in word, not only in deed, but in word and deed, just the way that God designed it. But the best part about Miss Wren's story is the love of God in Jesus also did not stop with her. The night before her confirmation this past January, I went to her house one last time, not this time to study the Bible with her, but just to share a few moments and rejoice in this wonderful and beautiful thing that was about to happen the next day, just to sit and be her friend. And on that night, the night before her confirmation, she looked up to me and said, Pastor Duane, you know what? After this confirmation... I think I would like to start inviting the neighborhood kids into my home, maybe share with them a little snack so that I can start telling them about this Jesus too. That's how it works. It did not stop with Jesus. The love of God does not stop with Jesus. The love of God has not stopped through the ages with countless messengers of his. It does not stop with you your life. You have a beautiful mission too. I'm not sure exactly what it is or where it is. We've been doing it together in Belize for the last several years, but there are opportunities after opportunities after opportunities that God places in our lap to be that light in a dark world. And that is a beautiful thing that we can all rejoice in. It's going to continue to spread. God's not done yet. 
As long as there is still darkness and evil and sin and sadness and hurt and pain and suffering in this world, God is going to keep on going until it's all taken care of. And he's doing it through you and me. It's going to keep on. He's doing his work. And he is not going to stop until all is made new. Thanks be to God. Amen.